Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Sunday Morning Alive, right here on our website. We welcome you today as we bring the Word of God, a message from God's Holy Word, uh, that I pray will stimulate us to trust God even more when the trouble comes, like we have right now. And I'm not talking about the pandemic in particular and the global shaking that it has brought uh, and the fear and the uncertainty and the and the economic impact and the, all of the suffering that is created adding to the suffering that was already present around the world. But friend of mine, I want you to know that we're living in a time that even if this pandemic hadn't broke loose upon the world, the world was already beginning to feel the pressure of the perilous times that would indicate that the coming of the Lord is near and the tribulation is also hastening. Listen, we're living in the last of the last days, and we need to let the troubles of the perilous times that we are in stimulate us to trust God even more, not to to get caught up in the attitude and atmosphere of the world about us. You know, the Bible said of these times that men's hearts would fail them for fear and for looking at the things which are coming upon the earth. A friend of mine, everything that man has put his trust in for his security and his peace of mind, listen, all of those things are being shaken. The devil means it for terrible evil. He wants to hurt and harm the object of God's love, and that is mankind. My friend, I want you to know, I believe God can use this kind of trouble, this perilous time, the pressure times of the end time, uh, to stimulate people to begin to look to God, not man and his systems that are beginning to break down and fail on every hand, but look unto God. Hallelujah. And if they do, they will find him faithful. Praise God. Friend of mine, we need this message today, trusting God in troubled times. Trusting God in troubled times. I don't know about you, but trouble, uh, trouble causes me uh, to to. Put my focus on him even more so because he is what this psalm declares him to be. Listen to it. Let's read Psalm 46 together on the theme, Trusting God in Troubled Times. Listen, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. Selah, when you see it in the Psalms, it is a pause. It is, a, it is taking a moment before continuing on to consider what has just been declared. So let's take a moment and consider that God is our refuge and our strength no matter what. Because what is described here is cataclysmic, catastrophic issues. And yet we are told we do not need to fear because God is with us. A very present or ever 
present help in trouble. Praise God. Listen, let's continue. In verse 4, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. Once again, he's ever present, you see. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. Hallelujah. And the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Once again, a Salat. Pause and think about this. It's his ever presence to help, his very present help. The Lord is with us. You see, being for us means that he is with us. Praise God. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Hallelujah. You can't hide from trouble, dear friend, but you can hide in God when the trouble comes. Praise God. Somebody say amen loud enough for me to hear it out. I don't care if you're in Europe or or Africa or Asia. If you're hearing this message, say hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. If I can't hear it here in America, I'll tell you God and the angels are clapping their hands when we amen the truth about our God. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 8 says, Come and behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow. He cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The, once again, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Praise God. Amen. Psalm 46, dear friend, was written at a time of national crisis in Israel. It was quoted uh, in the congregational prayer meeting. Billy Graham read it during his sermon at the National Cathedral. And Martin Luther, the great reformer, wrote the hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, based upon his study of this very psalm that we're reading from this morning. Listen to one one verse of this, this psalm. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God hath willed his truth to triumph through us. Praise God. In one verse, he wrote uh, about the, the great enemy and the great battle that is being waged between light and darkness. And he said, one little word shall fail him. And that little word, I believe, as I believe he believed when he wrote this, was a name. And that name is Jesus. Hallelujah. That is the name. Praise God by which we are saved and the banner by which we go to battle under. (laughs) That's the flag that we fly in battle is the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So God's presence is our refuge. God's presence is our refuge. Verse 1 says it so clearly. God is our refuge and strength. A, an ever-present help in trouble. 
Literally, the Hebrew word for trouble refers to a tight place. Sometimes we speak of being in trouble as being between a rock and a hard place. That's exactly the idea represented in the word. It means when the world is pressing in on you and me, when circumstances are strangling us, when you feel helpless and alone. And by the way, that's a feeling. That is not a fact. Praise God. Listen, when we are in trouble, we are to remember this truth about God. First, He is our refuge and strength. Refuge carries the idea of shelter. Have you ever been caught outside in a storm? What's the first thing you look for? It's shelter. And it's not just because you've just don't want to get wet. I live in Tampa, Florida, where this broadcast is coming from, the Tampa area, Plant City, and 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 and, and we're in the lightning capital of the United States, if not the world, and you just don't want to be outside in one of these electrical storms. You want to find shelter. Augustus Top Lady in 1795 while traveling by foot from one town to another, is caught in a violent storm, while finding refuge as he wedged himself between two great rocks, he penned the words while nestled in there, safe and secure in the midst of a violent storm, the words to the great hymn, Rock of Ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. Hallelujah. I like Psalm 61, 4. It says, I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. Doesn't mean that God has big wings. It means that God is our refuge. God is our shelter to strengthen us when trouble comes. God is a very present help when we are in the midst of troubling times. Present help literally translates speedy aid. He's there. We, we don't have to try to get his attention. We've got his attention. His eyes are upon the righteous, you see, and his ears are open to their cry. God is present to help or a ever present help. He's always present and he's quick to come to our aid. Now, that doesn't mean the answer is going to come on your and my timeline because I want it yesterday. (laughs) One of my prayers in troubled times is God give me patience and hurry. And that's not how he develops patience. We need to understand that the moment we pray, God is on the case. God is on the scene. How he brings that answer, how he takes us through or how he keeps us from is, is his decision to make. It is never ours, but the decision we must make is to trust in Him when the trouble comes. He never withdraws Himself from His afflicted, is what C.H. Spurgeon wrote. I'm going to quote him today. He said, He never withdraws Himself from His afflicted. He is their help. Truly, effectually, constantly, He is present or near them, close at their side, and ready to give them aid. And this is emphasized by the word very in Psalm 46. 
He is more present than friend or relative can be. Yea, more nearly present than even the trouble itself. You see, in the time of trouble, we're acutely aware of the trouble because of what it's doing to our emotions and and mentally how it's affecting us. But we need to be more acutely aware of the presence of God, not because we sense it, not because we see it, not because we feel it, but because it is a fact according to the Word of God. Hallelujah. Some have said it this day. Sometimes God calms the storm for His people, and other times He calms His people in the storm. Hallelujah. Listen, in verses 2 and 3, we see that because God's continual presence is our refuge, therefore we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. The earth and the mountains, dear friend, are symbols of stability, aren't they? What is more stable than the earth under our feet? We always take it for granted. What is more solid than the great mountain ranges of the earth? We don't ever expect the earth to move. It's solid and permanent. We can't in our wildest imaginations dream of the great Rocky Mountains or the Alps crumbling to dust and rolling down into the ocean. Yet, We've seen many things in our life that seem so stable become suddenly unstable. That that we thought could not be shaken is being shaken. And you know there's a purpose in shaking that God allows. The scripture says everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that that which cannot be shaken might remain. Hallelujah. What do we do? When our stability is shattered, the common response is panic, fear that grips us and debilitates us and blinds us and binds us. Listen, the biblical response is found in the beginning of verse 2. Because God is our refuge and because He is our ever-present help, therefore we will not fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but power and love and of a sound mind. Praise God. Listen, friend of mine, this is what God is addressing today, is the fear that perilous times is going to create in every one of us. And we cannot keep fear from coming, but we can Trust in God when it comes, praise God. David David said it well. He said, what time I'm afraid, I will trust in God. Actually, the fear that the devil uses to try to debilitate us and discourage us, God said, you can turn that fear around to a greater faith in me by trusting me even more deeply. Secondly, here today, God's peace is our refreshment in verses 4 through 7 of this psalm. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. There He is, ever-present help. 
She shall not be moved. You see, there is that that will not be moved, though everything else is shaken, that that cannot be shaken. You know, the Bible said the foundation of God standeth sure. <laughs> Having this seal, the Lord knows them that are his. Praise God. And he is with us and he is for us. Praise God. God shall help her. And that right early, the heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our strength. Selah. Hallelujah. God is ever present. He's a helpful friend. He gives us refuge from the troubles of life. What's more, even in the midst of trouble. Oh, by the way, I want to stop and, and rephrase that just a little bit. He, he gives us refuge in the trouble. He doesn't always keep us from the trouble. And if you've got a refuge in the trouble, you don't need to be delivered from the trouble because you can find a place of safety and absolute security right in the midst of the trouble. Hallelujah. Verse 4 said, God sends a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. River in this verse does not call to mind a raging torrent of floodwaters, but a calm, serene scene. The river is symbolic of God's peace that can flow through our lives and to our lives. The river is significant also in biblical history. Some scholars say the sons of Korah wrote this psalm to commemorate the Assyrians under King Sennacherib when the, he attacked Jerusalem. Jerusalem under King Hezekiah was besieged by the foreign invaders. The fields were burned and the city was surrounded. However, Jerusalem had one great advantage. Though there were no natural sources of water within the walls of the city, nearby was Gihon, or Virgin Springs. A conduit from the springs was cut into bedrock for 1,700 feet so that it would empty in the pool of Siloam near the temple. <laughs> Hallelujah! Ezekiah ordered the springs and the conduit concealed, so that unbeknownst to the enemy, there was a continual supply of fresh spring water within the city walls. There was indeed a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God. And in particular, when the enemy has the city surrounded, waiting for them to either starve to death or die of thirst. By the way, you can go a lot longer without food than you can go without water. But this was a bubbling up beautiful cool spring right inside without that life-giving water the people would have perished not by the attack of the enemy on the outside but the lack of refreshment on the inside amen you know what the bible said we need times of refreshment from the hand of the lord praise god amen listen there was once a king who offered a prize to an artist who would paint the best picture of peace. Many of them tried. The king looked at all the pictures, but there was only two he really liked, and he had to choose within them. One picture was of a calm lake. The lake was a perfect mirror for peaceful, towering mountains all around it. 
Overhead was a blue sky with fluffy white clouds, and all who saw this painting thought it was a perfect picture of peace. The other picture had mountains too, but these were rugged and bare. Above was an angry sky from which rain fell and in which lightning played. Down the side of the mountain tumbled a foaming waterfall. This did not look peaceful at all, but when the king looked, he saw behind the waterfall a tiny bush growing in a crack in the rock. In the bush, a mother bird had built her nest. There in the midst of the rush of angry water sat the mother bird on her nest in perfect peace. Which picture do you think won the prize? The king (laughs) chose the second picture. Do you know why? Because, explained the king, peace does not mean to be in a place where there's no noise, trouble, or heartache, or hard hardness. Peace means to be in the midst of all those things and still be calm in your heart. That is the real meaning of peace. When we are besieged and troubled by our enemy and by the circumstances of living in a fallen world, in a faulty body with a formidable foe called the enemy, we need a life-giving stream of refreshment. We need the mighty but gentle waters of God's peace in our lives. Paul wrote to the Philippian church, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And what happens if we truly trust Him after we pray? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will keep or guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. In other words, pray in the time of trouble. Give that trouble to God and trust Him with it, and He will flood your soul with this refreshing, life-sustaining peace. Hallelujah. Let's go back now to Psalm 46. Why was the city glad? Because it was the city of God. Simply stated, it was God's town. Hallelujah. God selected Israel to be His chosen nation. God selected and built up Jerusalem to be His city, the home of the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. Praise God. Listen, God no longer puts his presence in a tabernacle. He now dwells within people just like you and just like me. Ephesians 1.13 says, In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Listen, the person who has been saved and born again, according to the gospel message, is himself now a temple of the Holy Spirit because God now dwells in him or her. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Do you know, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? You see, because God is in the midst His presence is our refuge, and His peace is our refreshing today. Glory be to God. Listen, friend of mine, there's coming a day 
when terrorism will be no more. Wars will cease. Weapons of mass destruction will themselves be destroyed. In his omnipotent strength and his mighty power, God will bring human history to a grand conclusion. Praise God. Isaiah 2.4 declares it, and it's going to occur in the not-so-distant future. He shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares. Can you imagine taking the military budgets of the nations of the world and using that money for agricultural development? There wouldn't be a hungry person on the face of the earth. No child would die with a bloated belly from lack of nutrition. Friend of mine, they will, they will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Hallelujah. They will, it'll all be for, for harvesting and not for killing and destroying. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Because God is all-powerful, because God sovereignly controls, amen, the events, and he puts up kings and he brings them down, we do not have to fear. The believer does not even fear death itself, because in death we find our greatest reward, heaven. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus said in Matthew ten twenty-eight, Don't fear them that kill the body and cannot kill the soul but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Friend of mine, I want you to know God is on the throne today. God is in control today. And God is our refuge. And God is our strength because he is an ever-present help in the time of trouble. Praise God. Listen, today is a day that I believe our faith should be stimulated to be laser-focused upon the one who is with us and the one who is for us and the one who sits on the circle of the earth, the one who said, Heaven is my throne and the earth, (laughs) that's my footstool. Where is the house? That you will build for me. Did you know there's not an edifice made by the hands of man? Yes, his presence entered Solomon's temple, but it wasn't the temple that drew him. It was the heart attitude of the people that contributed to its building. It's when they began to worship him that his presence came in to that glorious temple that nothing was spared to build because ultimately God did not want to indwell a physical house but our actual bodies and being. Hallelujah. And after the cross and what Jesus accomplished in behalf of those who believe on the day of Pentecost, there came a sound like a mighty rushing wind from heaven and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance and cloven tongues of fire 
was seen upon their heads. And what were those, what was that, that, that fire dancing on top of their heads without burning their head off and their hair off? That was the, the evidence that God had come to indwell our very body and being by the Holy Spirit. And the glory that attends His presence was now seen upon the heads of men and women just like you and me. Oh, the glory. Oh, the grandeur and the majesty of becoming a Christian today and having God come to make our body His earthly temple. Praise God. Friend of mine, this is a whole lot better uh, than just being an old sinner saved by grace. You might have been an old sinner, and I was too, and we have been saved by grace, but we're not old sinners anymore, dear friend. Now, we are the sons and daughters of God Himself. Hallelujah. And when we come together, we are a house fitly framed together for a habitation of God by the Spirit. We are the temple of God. <laughs> and when we gather in the house of God, <laughs> in the church, amen, the church is, is where the temple comes to worship God. <laughs> amen. Glory to God. Friend of mine, this is better. This is better than anything that we could possibly imagine when the God of heaven, the creator of the universe, becomes our heavenly Father. This God who is almighty, and all-powerful and all-knowing is also omnipresent. He, he can be seated on the throne in heaven and living within you and living in me simultaneously. Praise God. He can be right here in the United States and right there in South Africa simultaneously. When thousands are praying, he can distinguish because God is a spirit that is all compassing. <laughs> you know what David said, where can I go from thy presence? Where can, where can I go that you're not? He was standing, he, he was standing when he wrote that psalm, uh, looking out over the Mediterranean. He said, if I take the wings of the morning and I fly to the uttermost part of the sea, thou art there. If I make my bed in the grave, thou art there. Even there thy hand shall uphold me. Where can I go that you're not? Nowhere. Because you are everywhere. Omnipresent. You see, omnipotent means all-powerful. Omniscient means all-knowing. Ah, but omnipresent means ever-present everywhere with everyone who will look to Him and trust in Him, you will find Him right there. Hallelujah. He was in the furnace with the three Hebrew children. He was in the lion's den with Daniel. <laughs> Hallelujah. He, he was, oh, I can't help it today. I'm not trying to help it. I will not suppress the Holy Spirit today. Oh, no. You'll just have to deal with it, dear friend. Listen to me. I'm telling you, God is here in the midst of us. God is there in 
the midst of you, wherever you are. It may seem like there is no way out. The trouble is all-consuming and overwhelming. You may be in a lion's den. You may be in a fiery furnace trial. Look around. Someone is in that fire with you. And because of His ever-present help, Amen. The fire won't kindle on you. You will go through that fiery trial. You will come out without the smell of smoke. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because even in the midst of the flames, there is another person in there with you. Hallelujah. God, by His Spirit, through His Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, friend, there's hope for you today. There's help for you today, no matter what. Because God is our refuge. God is our strength and ever-present help in the time of trouble. Call upon Him. He said it, didn't He, in Psalm fifty fifteen? Call upon me in the time of trouble. I will deliver you, and thou shalt glorify me. Hallelujah. Listen, Christian, it's time. To put your trust in the Lord like you've never trusted Him. Let the trouble cause you to deepen your trust. For the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it. They are safe. One translation says, Because of this high place, high above the intentions of your enemy to do you harm. (laughs) So safe. So secure, rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. Today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're in a dangerous place. You're without hope because you're without God in this present world. But that can change right here in this holy moment. That can change right now. You can come to Christ. And the moment you repent of your sin and confess your sin and receive Jesus as your Savior, God becomes your refuge. (laughs) And God becomes your strength. And you will take another, you will never take another step without God's presence. You will never be alone. And when Jesus comes, you can go home with us to live with Him, to come back and rule and reign with Him forever and ever. Please come to Jesus today. He will welcome you with open arms and nail-scarred hands. Amen.